Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. Do you have a good time? This is what I think about everything. If you're, not, if you're not having a good time, you're not doing it right. I think we're doing it right, and I'm so glad that you're here today. Hey, real quick, all the folks with their baptism shirts on, why don't you stand up real quick? I just want to yell about you today. So come on, give them a good God bless. Woo! Yeah. Everybody else, go ahead and stand up. Everybody stand. We have three, Pastor Ryan told you, 326 people. I'm telling you what, the joy and the presence of God was out on baseball fields, y'all. And then we had amazing fireworks at the end. It was just an awesome, awesome night. I want to do it again tonight. So anyway, all right. Well, let's lift our hands to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day, a day that you have made. And we choose right now to rejoice and to be glad in it. We're here I believe you got us here. I believe you've ordered our steps. You got us through last week. We are poised and ready for this next week. And very intentionally today, we give you this first day of the week. And I thank you, Lord, that we can expect that you're going to help us with the rest of the week. I pray your blessing upon your people. I pray that today uh, you'd, you'd speak and you'd speak deep and clear into our hearts, into our minds, into our lives. And God, I thank you for the, the, the message that we're handling today that it would be life-giving to every one of us. I pray that when everything is said and done today, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, we want you to be pleased. We want you to be honored and glorified. And we want these, your people, every single one of them to be helped today. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. And amen. How about a great big welcome for our online and East Campus. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're continuing on our series called Say What? Or as like we like to say it. There you go. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Actually, don't tell them, but y'all did better on that than first service. So don't get cocky, though. All right. Uh, this is talking about some vital, vital conversations, the absolute power of words, and uh, today it's going to get very personal, okay? And uh, this message is very content-rich today, so we're going to go through a number of things that are going to set us up so that when we leave here in just a little bit, you're going to be better off than when you came in. You, when you leave here today, you're going to be better poised uh, to, to deal with some things that have massive impact in your life and in your relationships. Let's go ahead right into the scripture. We're going to look in Proverbs chapter 18. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In the message paraphrase, it reads this way, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. Come on, everybody. You choose. One more time, say it. You choose. Who's you? You. Me. We choose this. Here's the deal. You have the power of words, and words have power. Okay, hear that. You have the power of words, and words have power. I think largely we under, grossly underestimate the power of words 
and their impact in us. Now, our words play out then in what we call conversations, okay? So that's where words come to bear. And uh, conversations then will affect, don't miss this line, will affect and determine both the direction and the quality of your life. So our conversations, our use of words are going to affect, they're going to impact, they're going to determine both the direction of our life, and that is where it's going, and the quality of our life, and that is how it's going. And so our words are incredibly powerful, and we need to pay attention to those. Now, how we've framed out this series, I'll remind you of this. There are basically four uh, arenas, if you will, of conversation that we have. And let me show you those again real quick. We have conversations with God. We have conversations with self. We have conversations with the enemy of our soul. And we have conversations with others. So all conversations fall within this framework. Now, to remind you something that interweaves with this from last week, every one of us, everybody say, that's me. Every one of us, every person you know, every person ever, anywhere, has three basic needs. And that's if they're going to be happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, if life is going to be what it's supposed to be. These three basic needs are this, intimacy with God, intimacy with others, and then self-worth. So these are vital. Intimacy with God, this is a closeness. It's a, uh, I am known and I know, and I'm in a safe place. Intimacy with God, intimacy with others, and self-worth. Now, all of this flows from intimacy with God, conversations with God, interaction with God, and then consequently then intimacy with others and, and self-worth flows out of this. And so, these are interchangeable to some degree. Actually, I probably should move this on up here uh, because of how this works. Mark chapter 12, one place in Scripture where this is listed. You shall, this is the great command. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second command is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so all three of these are addressed in here. Notice the one missing from the list that was on the conversation list is the enemy. And the enemy loves and he works hard to try to interfere with all of these, to interfere with your conversation, relationship with God, to interfere with your your conversation and intimacy with others and to interfere and try to destroy, disrupt your self-worth. He works hard on those things. So let's get how this works. This relationship with God, conversation with God, uh, out of that, that is the spring. That is the fountainhead. How many of you, anybody here been to Niagara Falls? Okay. Anybody here seen just a strong river flowing before? Okay. How many of you just don't get out much? Okay. Look it up online. Okay. Conversations with God. Conversation with God is the spring. It's the fountainhead of life-giving words that flows. And actually, we want to invite a flood of those life-giving words that, that are going to flow into every other conversation, every other area of life. And so vital for us are our conversations with God, our relationship with God, so that that life-giving flow, life-giving words can flow into our conversations with ourselves, 
They will help us and equip us conversations with the enemy. And then they will help us then ultimately to be a blessing to the people around us as we have conversation, interaction with them as well. Amen? All right. Well, today we're going to look at conversations with self. That's you. We call this self-talk. Self-talk. Let's look at a number of things. Self-talk can be good or it can be bad. Self-talk can be healthy or it can be toxic. Self-talk can be uh, helpful or it can be harmful and hurtful. And it's how you talk on the inside. Typically, by my experience, by my observation, there's some real problems with self-talk. Some self-talk's bad, hurtful, toxic. Sometimes I interact with a person and and I can tell, oh no, you've been talking with you. You know, and so out of that flow, and I want to remind you of this, the life-giving flow of life-giving words from conversation with God will help us in this arena of our self-talk. But we've had a whole lot to happen that impacts our self-talk. Let me put it to you this way. You wouldn't let other people talk to you the way you talk to you sometimes. I mean, some of you getting ready this morning, you're getting ready, oh, this is so ugly. I can't do anything with me. What if you walked into the church today and some ushers said, that is so ugly. Are you even trying? Now, you wouldn't let anybody else put you down, berate you, discourage you the way you, you talk to you. And I'm hopeful today that we just pull this up, you know, where we can see how we're actually talking to ourselves and the impact that it's having uh, on our lives and all of our relationships. Our self-talk is directly linked to our self-image, which is how we see ourselves, and also our self-worth or self-esteem. It's how we uh, value ourselves, respect ourselves, our estimate of our of ourselves. And your self-image is greatly shaped by the messages, follow this, that we receive and we internalize. And those messages come from others. They come from experiences in life. And sometimes they they come even from ourself, from our own self-talk. So get this, it's messages. Everything sends you a message. You're bombarded every day with close to 1,000 messages trying to sell you something. It's a billboard. It's a plane dragging a thing in the sky. It's on the side of a truck. It's, uh, it comes up on your phone. It's on TV. It's on the radio. It's everywhere. It's on somebody's shirt. It's you know, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Messages, messages, messages. But beyond those messages are the personal messages that actually come your way, messages that you have to be careful what you receive, and you have to be really careful what you internalize. And so a lot of times we just, without filter, have received anything said to us, any message that came from others, from an experience or whatever, we internalize that, receive that message, and then that, in fact, informs and shapes our self-worth, our self-image, and consequently our self-talk. Now, I'm going to stay close to my notes here for a moment because I've got a lot of uh, information I want to get to just right in a row, and then we're going to work, what do we do What do we do to fix this? First of all, let me say that I really realize that ministry is is people prepare, but it is largely and increasingly so people 
repair. You know, it, it seems that in years past, days gone by, church was about equipping the saints for the work of the ministry and helping us to be ready to go into the world. And, 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 but we've had so much happen to us personally. We have to kind of come back and find out about people repair because there's some things we're never going to be able to do till we get some things fixed till we get some freedom till we get some things get all our wheels on the track so to speak and uh i'm believing god to help us with that today how about you now when you were a child and let me not assume here how many of you were were a child good how many of you wouldn't raise your hand no matter what i said okay good just got some of y'all when you were a child think about this you had no control you had no choice and who was in authority over you. You didn't get to pick your parents, your teachers, your coaches, uh, your babysitter. I mean, there were so many things in life. You, you had no input, no control over who had control. You had no control who had influence and authority over your life. And that impacts us because we go through what are called formative years. Now, whether you know this or not, whether you know this or not, your formative years shaped and formed so much about you. And I don't care if you're 90 today or 50 or like me, almost 40, whatever it would be. (laughs) Whatever it would be, it has formed and informs you. And it's really, really involved in your your self-talk. Let me talk a little bit about my childhood just, just for a moment. In my day, and it's just my perspective, but how many of you know that your perspective is reality for you? So it may or may not have been this way. I was talking to my sister earlier before and after first service, and uh, you know, I said, hey, I'm talking about childhood today. She goes, it wasn't that bad. And I said, yeah, you never got spanked. <laughs> and she came along a little bit later in some things that happened, but this is my my perception, my perspective on as I was growing up, the people around me, the people in authority, uh, my community, it seemed to be a whole lot about rules. It seemed to be very, very rigid. People seemed to yell a lot. Now, maybe that was because of me, (laughs) but it seemed like Just about everybody that was in charge yelled. Honestly, in my early years, everybody cussed. I was cussed at at home, at school, by coaches. It just was kind of a common thing, and and it wasn't just, oh, heck. It was directed at you. Why, you little, don't fill in the blank. Get out of there. Don't, don't, Don't even go there. Everything seemed to be very, very black and white. Everything was pass-fail. It seemed like a lot of people were just trying to catch you doing something wrong. Uh, And there was no real guidance at some real pivotal times in my life where there was some upheaval and there was even some tragedy. Second or third grade, I had a little buddy, uh, met him at school, and about second week of school, he was on his bike and he got ran over on his bike. And he lived... But for weeks, his desk was just empty, and nobody really told us. They said, so-and-so got hurt. We're going to make him a card here in a day or so. 
And we made a card, and I just remember sitting there looking at his empty desk, and it's like, you know, and I can remember getting on my bike to ride home, and then just, you know, and nobody talked to us about that. The next year in school, my neighbor and one of my best buddies, his mom was kidnapped and murdered. I show up at school one day, and he's just sitting on the playground. I said, what's wrong? And he said, my mom didn't come home. They don't know where she's at. And over the next few days, everything played out. And no one really talked to us about this. Then my parents divorced. We move. It's sudden upheaval. We're no longer in our little Wonder Years neighborhood. I don't have my friends. I don't have my school. My dog. All of this just suddenly changed. We're in a trailer park. Nothing wrong with the trailer park. There was something wrong with our trailer park. (laughs) Nobody really checked on us. Nobody, you know, you guys doing okay? Can we talk to you about this? Can we help you with this? And, uh, you know, that can have an impact on you. It seemed that those in charge didn't have much concern or awareness about shaping self-worth and self-image Uh, during those formative years, and especially as it relates to upheaval and tragedy and questions that would would show up in life. I don't know what your experience is, but there are things that have happened in your life that we end up with a common symptom that is epidemic, and here it is. You ready? Excuse me. Insecurity. Come on. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you got some of this? I mean, don't even let any people know. I didn't ask you to raise your hand because out of insecurity, some of y'all wouldn't. And then some others of you would have stood up on your chair and lit something on fire just to let us know. Because, and don't miss this, all behavior is need-motivated. All behavior is need-motivated. So some of the rollout and symptoms fallout of insecurity first would be this, inadequacy, that we have this sense of inadequacy. I'm not as good as, smart as, pretty as, has, you know, all of it. I, I, I can't do what all those other people can do. And then add to that comparison, which is a huge part of our culture. Add to that then the, the, act, uh, the evil tool at times of social media where everybody's going to show you their best life. Here they are on their trip, and their beautiful clothes and friends, and you're wearing baggy, wrinkled bed clothes that don't even fit you right. <laughs> Your hair is all a mess, and, and then you catch a view of yourself, you know, in the mirror, and, you know, we have this comparison thing. Then we have the fear of being overlooked as a result of insecurity. And again, behavior informs, is informed by need, And so that plays out, it might even play out today, I hope you'll learn from this, in a restaurant. So something comes and it wasn't what you ordered, it wasn't done right. Here's what some of you will do because of this insecurity, because you won't say a word. It's not right, you won't complain, you just, it's good, it's good. Others of you will create a scene. It's the same thing. It's like, you know, and go through all of, What is all of that? It's out of needs, and we're reacting in, in different ways. Other things are we feel threatened. I mean, I could go on and on and on the things 
uh, with this. We end up being a people pleaser, a recluse, or an agitator. And we're insecure about we finally get something, but it's not as good as everybody else's. Then it shows up, you know, my hair is not good enough, my house is not good enough, my car is not good enough, my clothes are not good enough. It's my teeth, it's my friends, it's, a, it's my nose, it's my, it's what, I'm too, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too fat, I'm too thin, I'm too, I'm never, I'm never quite right. And we compare it with everybody else and think everybody else is happy and we've got all of that kind of going on in the inside. And yes, I'm talking about all of us. So all of this is going on in us and typically by average we end up seeing ourselves as dumb, poor, and ugly, or some combination of that. Bear all that in mind. Don't worry, there's really good news coming. (laughs) Add to that what are called congenital emotions. means you were born this way. You are born this way. So everybody are wired this way by God, and they can serve you well in life, these four basic emotions that you're, you're born with. Here's the first one, fear. Anger, happy, sad. Now, we're born with this, so guess what? It shows up in babies. And how many of you know that babies are all or nothing? <laughs> I can remember years ago, somebody said, how you doing, man? How was your night? And I go, man, I slept like a baby. And then we had babies. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And I figured it out. I'll never say that again. Because here's what it means to sleep like a baby. You wake up screaming for no reason, and you've wet yourself. Okay, back to the message. We are from birth. We are from birth emotional beings. And for almost the first two years of our life, very concentrated, we are essentially emotional beings. Then we start to become more verbal. And then as we start to learn language and start to use words, follow this, now we can start to regulate our emotions. We can start to regulate the intensity of our emotions. Parents of toddlers will say this, and I'm going to say it to you today. Parents of toddlers will say this, use your words. Because they're in the grocery store somewhere and they're throwing a fit. Instead of throwing a fit or instead of clamming up or instead of running away, use your words. And when we use our words, we're able to regulate these emotions and the intensity of these emotions. But vital to using our words, you ready for this? Use the right words. Use helpful words. Use life-giving words. That is vital for us. So all of us say, that's me. All of us must monitor our self-talk and we must change our self-talk if, in fact, it's hurtful for us because it helps to determine, remember, both the direction of your life and the quality of your life. And this is huge, and I don't want you to miss this. Let me, everybody look at me for this. and No, don't look at me. I'm insecure. <laughs> Please look at me. Why are you not look at me? I'm insecure. It plays out everywhere. If you don't get this right, Conversations with self, which flows from conversations with God. If you don't get this right, listen to me. This determines whether or not you will be able to stand or fall when you have conversations with the enemy. Do you hear me? Conversations with God should flood into our conversations with self. 
And how I'm doing with that is going to totally determine if I'm able to stand or fall when I have conversation and interaction with the enemy in my soul, when he taunts me, when he condemns me, when he tempts me, when he lies to me, when he tries to trick me, this is going to determine if I'm able to stand or fall by this self-talk, this conversation with self. If you're following with me, say amen today. All of this happens within the soul. All of it happens within the soul. It's internal. The battlefield is literally on the inside. Remember with the soul, we think, we feel, we decide, and we remember. Get this again. In the soul, you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. In the soul is where you think and feel and decide and remember. And the fluid, so to speak, of the soul are words. And words are interwoven throughout what I think, feel, decide, and remember. And it's with your words. Everybody say, with my words. It's with your words that you're either going to reinforce all of this or you can redirect this. So if it's not right, my words will either keep it that way or can change it that way. If it's right and healthy, the use of words will help it to be reinforced or the use of wrong words can collapse that and can redirect it in a wrong way. It's happening on the inside. And self-talk will not quiet itself. So if it is wrong, if you have unhealthy self-talk going on on the inside, it won't stop on itself. You have to overcome it. And you don't just stop it. Don't say, okay, I'm not going to say that anymore about myself. I'm not going to talk like that anymore. You can't just do that. You have to, you ready? Replace it. You have to replace it. Uh, last evening, uh, Alicia said, hey, let's go get a bite to eat, and then I need to run to the store real quick. And I said, okay. And so we went and had a nice bite together, and then we were walking around in Target. And uh, anyway, on the way there, I'm driving, and we went in her truck. She drives a truck. Tried to buy her car. She wants a truck. So we, we got a truck. So we're driving her red truck, and she had oldies on on the radio. And so I get in, and it's saving nickels, saving dimes. And I'm thinking, I've tried so hard on a Saturday to stay really, really focused, guard myself in every way, because I don't want to be sleeping at night. I'm coming back Sunday. Come with me in blue. And so I, I told I said, baby, I can't, I can't have that in me. And she goes, well, just, just turn it off. I said, I don't even know how with yours. It has all these, these buttons. And, and so she just reached up and just turned it off. But then later, we're walking through the store, and I'm going, saving nickels, saving dimes. Here's my point. You can't just stop something. You have to replace it. So when we got back in her truck, I said, turn the radio on. I need some worship music, please to be able to replace it. Now I'm going to have Blue Bayou all afternoon. And so are you. Worship team, please come back. All right, you with me? Here's the point. We must allow our conversations with God. We must allow God's Word to cascade and just to flood and, if need be, pressure wash our soul, and our self-talk. We need to say what God says about us. 
Say what God's... Let God write your script about you and your circumstances. If you don't, the devil is always happy and ready to feed you some lines to write the script for you. Or, this is what you'll end up doing, you'll, you'll end up using the same old, tired lies you've believed your whole life. So we're going to have to allow conversation with God, the use of God's Word to flood into our soul, to totally fill our self-talk. So we're saying about ourselves and our situations what God says about us and our situations. Amen? Amen. So start using God's words. Replace your words replace your thoughts. It's one of the biggest battles, and there's so much at stake. We must wage war concerning this. you got to stop seeing things. Oh, I'm just no good at this, and it's Monday. I hate Monday. I hate my job. I hate everything. It's horrible. It looks like it's going to rain. My car probably won't start. <laughs> oh, yeah, no one likes me. And, and we just kind of enter our day going with that. Listen to me. Cut it out. Just say, hey, this is the day the Lord has made. I woke up today. He's in me. He's with me. It's my job. It's not what I want to do the rest of my life. But you know what? I'm going to be faithful in it. And God said, if I'm faithful, he'll bless me. He'll help me. My steps are ordered today. Favor surrounds me like a shield. Greater is he. Greater is he that is in me than he that is after me. Everything I set my hand to do prospers. Every place my foot shall trod, he'll give it to me. The Lord perfects that which concerns me. And even if I go through some tough times, even if I went through the valley of the shadow of death today, I will fear no evil because he's with me, his rod and his staff, they comfort me, I'll be all right. I'm thinking this might be my best day ever. Instead of And don't you dare when you're going boom to say, I'd like to invite you to Meadowbrook Church. You better get this right first, all right? Say what God says about you. Say what God says about you. Either build up or hush up. I'll say it again, build up or hush up. We've got some resources for you. Let me show you this slide real quick. You can go to our website, nbcocala.com forward slash resources, and there's a tab there if you're just on the website called resources, and we're populating this more and more. You remember we did the series on anti-anxiety? Well, we printed a book, and some of you purchased that book. A bunch of you purchased that book. Um, that's also on here electronically for free, so you can get that. We did the series, What Happy Families Know, eight-week series, and we, we compiled all those notes in book form, and that's totally free for you right here. And then what I wanted to add, too, are what are called positive affirmations. It's daily declarations, and these are written out for you, all based on Scripture. We have three different ones from some respected ministers. One is from Pastor Craig Groeschel. He pastors the largest church in in, in the country. They have almost 40 multi-sites. They're the ones who came up with the U version. Many of you are using that today, and they've given that away for free, and it's, it's reached over uh, one-third of a billion people have gone out. A very creative, great leader, and he has some daily uh, positive affirmations. Another one is from Joel Osteen, and uh, it's, it's some of the things you can declare about yourself. Another one's called The Faith Aid. It's by Jim Caseman, 
who actually, when he's in town, uh, attends this church and has been on our board for 30 years. And these are just some positive affirmations that you can speak out of the Word of God. And instead of saying, I can't, you can say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Well, I don't know. I have an anointing to know, and the one I serve knows all things He's the only wise God, and he's able to show me what I need to know. And you can reroute and rework all of this self-talk. Those would be some resources that will help you with that. Amen? Now, so much of this is from childhood. You know, you're sitting here today, and I hope your childhood went well. But I'm promising you still, throughout your formative years, into your teen years, into your adult years, there have been experiences and people that have formed a unhealthy aspects of our self-talk and we need to fix that because so much is vital we need to do an incredible job hear me we need to do an incredible job of building up our babies and building up our kids don't you berate them don't you get down on them make sure you apologize when you're wrong and let's speak life let's tell them that they're great let's tell them that hey god made you god's got great things for you you're going to be all right today you got favor today god's with you go do it Uh, One of my favorite movies, I love this movie, it's called The Help. And there's a little clip I want to show you real quick from this. Watch this. You is kind, you is smart, you is important. You is smart, you is kind, you is important. That's so good. You is kind. You is smart. You is important. Listen, and listen to me good. Stop talking to yourself the way you talk to yourself. Cut it out. Don't put up with it another day. Stop running yourself down. Don't you dare speak against you because you are created in the likeness and image of Almighty God. And he's doing a holy and precious work in you. You might be in a tough time right now, but God's with you in that tough time. And he's working in your life. Don't cut off the good. Don't cut off the life with wrong words. Make sure your self-talk is flooded with the life-giving words that come from your conversations with God from his word. And I'm telling you what, that's going to change everything from the inside out. Brothers and sisters, I pray that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers and let it flow on out of you. And we'll talk more about this next week. Do you get anything at all out of this today? Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.